This is Martin. It's November 17th, and you're listening to Nutty in NYC. On November 1st, I created an account on Mastodon. I've been triggered by a news story. What was that story? Two days before, Elon Musk, the new owner of Twitter, had shared a scurrilous tale about Paul Pelosi, husband of Nancy, one of America's most powerful politicians. Mr. Pelosi had been the victim of a serious assault by a deranged attacker hopped up on right-wing political rage. The attacker had hoped to kidnap Nancy Pelosi, who was the target of much right-wing animus. Fortunately, she was not in her San Francisco home and escaped the ministrations of the attacker's hammer. Sadly, the same could not be said for her 82-year-old husband, who suffered a skull fracture, among other injuries. Fortunately, he survived the attack, and the perpetrator was taken into custody. As would be expected, these facts dominated American news media for a few days. Surprisingly, a counter-narrative slithered out from underneath the rocks of the right-wing media disinformation machine. A concocted story of a gay assignation gone wrong was conjured up by some twisted mind. This kind of stuff is sadly par for the course in these days of QAnon conspiracy theories. Like many Americans, I'm disgusted by the appetite for this kind of media filth, and I've become accustomed to this dreck. What changed for me was the sharing of this calumny by Elon Musk on his recently acquired Twitter platform. Only Musk can explain why exactly he thought this was a good idea. Apparently, he changed his mind about the virtue of the post and deleted it. Again, reason unknown. But we can all hypothesize that he likely realized sharing salacious, politically motivated, contrafactual stories is not really a good look for the CEO of Twitter. Truth is, even before all this idiocy, Musk's acquisition of Twitter had made me queasy. His rash decision to purchase the platform, which I believe he now regrets, was likely triggered by a poorly thought-out, inflated sense of self-belief. A sense of himself as a man who created an innovative rocket company and brought an electric car company to profitability. Surely, he could solve the piffling problems experienced by social media platforms in the throes of a wimpy, woke management and add another hundred billion to his richest man in the world pile. It's pretty clear. Musk had buyer's remorse, especially when many of Silicon Valley's marquee brands were recently subjected to the gravitational force of markets foisted on overpriced stocks that get too far ahead of themselves. Musk had offered too much money for his shiny new bauble and he tried to escape the deal, claiming that Twitter had not been forthcoming on its disclosure before the acquisition was inked. However, there was no way out of the contract he had signed, as Twitter shareholders had grabbed hold of his deep pockets and were not going to let go. The whole thing had headed for the courts, and on the eve of a trial to resolve the dispute, Musk relented. Rumor had it that the impending legal showdown might result in some unpleasant revelations better avoided. Frankly, I have no idea if that was the reason. 
would have to be a pretty bad revelation to be willing to go forward with a bad $44 billion acquisition. More likely, it seems that the terms of the purchase contract were sufficiently watertight to make escape highly unlikely. So now we have an angry and capricious man in charge of one of social media's primary platforms. A man with a history of making outrageous pronouncements, periodically unmoored from observable reality. Posting spurious stories, both hurtful and damaging, directly or tangentially, might be acceptable for the wealthiest man in the world. That's Musk just being Musk, after all. It is not, however, helpful to an internet property whose finances have never been particularly robust. Indeed, said purchase by the world's wealthiest man might have been expected by many to help shore up Twitter. But that's not how things went down. While Musk might be the richie numero uno in the world, most of his wealth is tied up in stock and assets that he likely did not wish to liquidate to complete the Twitter buyout. So what to do? Taking a page out of the leverage buyout raiders of the 1980s, think Ivan Bolsky, the greed is good man for those old enough to remember that lizard. Musk decided to lard up Twitter with additional debt. Now, Twitter's balance sheet is rumored to carry $5 billion of debt. This on a company which in its most recent financial year had only produced $5 billion in top-line revenues. You see, the problem with borrowing money is that lenders usually want borrowers to pay it back, and now these payments are expected to amount to $1.2 billion annually. This before paying the electric bills or the 7,500 people then employed by the Chirping Bird Company. That's not really a sustainable financial profile. Something had to give. On Friday, November 4th, many Twitter employees woke up to find they'd been riffed. Don't you love that word? Riff. A three-letter acronym meaning reduction in force, created by highly priced consultants for types too gutless to say you're fired. Even more gutless, most of the rift Twitter employees learned of their new status via an email, even more gutlessly signed, Twitter. So why am I leaving Twitter? Let me count off a few of the reasons. Reason number one to leave. Its business model is predicated on selling its users' data to the highest bidder. I have no doubt that I consented to this when I clicked some EULA agreement to use the platform. Just in case you're wondering what a EULA is, it's an end-user license agreement. Those things that nobody reads when you agree to use a company's software. You've undoubtedly clicked through dozens or even hundreds of these in the software-enabled world we all live in these days. All that said, I don't want to give my data away anymore, especially if there's a better alternative. Reason number two to leave Twitter. 
Its algorithms are designed to advertise products that are unneeded and unrequested by me. But isn't that the way of the world that we live in? Yes, it is. But given an option, I'm happy to pay not to see another turgid pitch providing an unneeded solution to a problem I didn't know I had. Reason number three to leave Twitter. Other Twitter algorithms are likely designed to stoke my emotions, to maintain my engagement with the platform. Let's say these stimulated emotions are not the better side of me, and likely not the rest of us. There is enough anger and rage in the world without it being cultivated by a sinister corporate overlord, motivated only by the desire to sell me as a product to advertisers. Reason number four to leave Twitter. I cannot be a party to a corporation whose sole leader lacks the common decency to treat his employees with a modicum of respect and decency. While there are types in the corporate world who believe businesses are only charged with maximizing shareholder profitability, that is a style of capitalism that belonged in the 19th century. Things have moved on from the rubber baron era. Sustainable capitalism is stakeholder capitalism, with an emphasis not just on profits, but also employees, customers, and community. Reason number five to leave Twitter. Social media forums are too important to lie in the hands of one person who cannot separate his personal viewpoints from the overall welfare of those that use the platform. Speech is regulated in most places in the world, including America, especially in cases of disinformation and incitement. This basic legal truism seems to be something absent from Mr. Musk's understanding of the country within which he lives. I'd suggest that Elon Musk has violated reasonable speech restrictions recently and in the past. He should not control the public square, and a good case might be made for restricting some of his more problematic utterances. It is for those reasons, and a number of other ones, that I choose no longer to participate on Twitter other than to persuade users to leave. There are alternatives where civility is placed at a premium. I chose Mastodon because, in my view, it has the right structure and combination of features to make the increasingly unruly squawking utterances of Twitter extinct. In my next episode, I'll tell you why I think Mastodon is a better social media platform and why I think you should leave the chirping bluebird behind. It's time to twigs it, folks. This is Martin Nutty. And you've been listening to Nutty in NYC. The music you're listening to was composed and performed by Leah Rankin. For more on Leah, please visit her Instagram page. That is L-E-A-H-R-A-N-K-I-N on Instagram.